Tabletop Inquisition is a topic-based podcast. So each episode, we're going to tackle a different issue facing board games, the people who play them, and the industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Inquisition podcast. My name is Oliver, as you probably know by now, and I've got with me, obviously, Antoinette. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? (laughs) Yes, all good, all good. Are you having a fine day? It's very sunny here. Ah, Fantastic. It is really, really warm here. Uh, did you know that they nominate or we got to find out what the Spiel des Jahres games were today? Yes, um, I was going to watch it live as well, but ah. I've, I've not had a chance. I might have to watch it back. I don't know whether you can watch it afterwards. <laughs> I think so. I don't know whether we should spoil it for anyone listening to this. I think they probably have listened They'll to it by now. They'll probably know by now, right? They'll probably know by now because I watched it live <laughs> this morning because, you know, you've nothing better to do on a Monday morning than watch a meeting entirely in German um, and follow along Yay. as best you can. I mean, you know what? I'm always amazed that my German's slightly better than I think it is um, so it was really fun to be excited to to, to, um, to watch along um, and of course the winners were um, super exciting so we had um, the crew for the Kenner Spiel des Jahres yes um, and you know who won the Spiel the, the big daddy of them all One, a game I haven't actually heard anything about yep. pictures yeah that's correct do you know what, what this game is now from the little video I watched on the Spiel des Jahres announcement I understand that the game is about recreating pictures either in cubes or in like 3D pieces ah. um, so that people can guess what you made right so like they had a picture like of a, a big red bridge and somebody had these big wooden pieces trying to emulate the picture of the bridge so you would like be able to connect them okay. I, but I agree with you I've not seen or heard it I heard about this game from anywhere but it's exciting I, I love awards actually I love seeing what other people thought was important in board games Yeah, and especially the spiel you know it's just such a famous one and they generally pick pretty great games so um, it's exciting to watch what's happening so yeah that was this is my intro spiel <laughs> <laughs> I think obviously with the award now being won by pictures we'll probably hear a lot more about it mm, yes. and I've already seen the Twitter sphere certainly in Germany exploding with oh that was a bad choice and Ooh. everyone's complaining and mm-hmm. why did the you know jury basically decide on this game and mm-hmm. but I think we get this every year where people yeah. say oh I mm-hmm. would have chosen this game and I'm sure you would yeah. have but mm-hmm. you know there's a group of people who do this voluntarily they're not getting paid for it yes. basically play games throughout the year and they have to decide as a group what is the most worthy game for this title and it's all about encouraging people to play games so it's not about unlike the Kenner Spiel which is about the expert level sort of game Mm -hmm. the Spiel des Jahres is about people getting into board games and you know has to be a game that everyone can enjoy quite easily so I think Mm -hmm. by the sound of it Pictures probably was actually a worthy winner Mm, but there we go and there's always controversy (laughs) with these things but as I say speaking of awards we've got an anniversary as well of our own haven't we 20 episodes of the tabletop inquisition podcast isn't that amazing hey it is so amazing (laughs) i'll pull back the curtain and reveal and people can cheer and take photos um yeah it's it's fantastic 20 episodes as i was i was saying to you earlier it feels longer i don't know you guys listening at home does it feel like we've been going forever or is this all something new you've picked up and decided to listen to but yeah, it's really exciting. Um, this has been one of the most fun things I think I've I've done when it comes to board games. Yeah, me um, too. I love getting to come here and have a chat with you about games, Oliver. I think we, we yeah. work really well together. So I'm delighted that it, this you. is our anniversary edition. It's been really, really good. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's always mm. fun to record these episodes. <laughs> and yeah, 20 episodes, that's... Mm. 
over a year and a half because we do about one a month ish mm-hmm. sometimes a bit quicker but it's usually about one a month yep. so 20 episodes yeah 20 months so that's yeah <laughs> 80 months would be a year and a half so just over that and yes. it yeah it doesn't feel like it it feels like no. well yeah i don't know we, <laughs> we feel so professional now don't we because it all flows yes. and we just do it and we're just having fun and you know it's just great <laughs> So yeah, thanks for taking so, yeah. part in this. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Oliver. Well, without you, we wouldn't have a show. Oliver's the one who keeps everything oh. running. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I do think it's actually appropriate that um, you know our topic for today is the best things about board games. Because yes. you know, without board games, we would never have met each other or made this podcast in the first place. No. Um. So Absolutely. that's a very special thing already. So I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that as you know we get on some more favorite things about games and of course we've had some people from the twitterverse and from facebook and stuff giving us their insights on their favorite things too um so listen out for those in the next section so what have you been up to actually what have i been up to well i've Mm. um launched a new series a podcast series putting the spotlight on board game artists so we're talking about illustrators sculptors even even though i haven't found any sculptors yet graphic designers that's what the series is about and um, by the time you listen to this, um, we'll have already released one episode, the uh, episode with Andrew Bosley. And um, you know, probably know him from, well, maybe you know him from Tapestry. I mean, that's the whole point of this series. I'm trying to remind people mm-hmm. that there's, you know, the, the favorite board game you play is probably also good fun because of the illustrations or maybe the minis or whatever is in it. And obviously people have to make these. So Andrew Bosley mm-hmm. worked on Tapestry amongst many other games. So, yeah, hopefully people enjoyed that. I was certainly very excited getting these people on board. And the idea is that we'll release an episode uh, every two weeks, Mm -hmm. which I think is probably a a good amount of time. But we'll see if I can get more people in. Maybe we'll we'll do it more often. And that was sort of my most exciting project working on that. Ah, Well, that's super exciting. Um, So just remind me again. So what's the name of your podcast and where can people find it? And when is it available? So we get all the details. See, so I, I, haven't, I haven't said that. <laughs> I should do all the marketing, shouldn't I? That, that was bad. Yeah, the series is called Let Me Illustrate, which oh, is a bit of a plain word, which I like, I like to do. Mm, and it comes out on a Wednesday, as I say, uh, at, mm. uh, well, I think 11.45 they're scheduled, but basically by lunchtime, mm. UK cool. time, uh, they're released Excellent. every two weeks. So, And it was out on the 22nd of July. So the next one would be 5th of uh, August, which cool. is probably just after this episode comes out and then uh, another one obviously on the 19th of august and i say every two weeks is the plan for the moment and you can find that at tabletopgamesblog.com just on my website there'll be a link to let me illustrate at the top of the screen there on the website and obviously it'll appear on the various podcast catchers under the tabletop games blog uh, podcast series Mm -hmm. is basically just another episode on there so yeah keep an eye out on that if you haven't listened um, and let me know yeah, this sounds really, really exciting. Thank you. Really, yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Um, all right, so what have I been doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I have been playing games, making content, and yeah, mostly that's about it. Taking photographs too, actually. I've been having a lot of fun taking photographs lately. Yeah. It's going to sound really, really silly, but so I've been using the same computer monitor for some time, and I only recently noticed that what I see when I have a photograph on it is completely different than what you guys see on the internet or anywhere else. <laughs> My monitor is completely uh, white. Yeah. So I saved up and I bought a new monitor, and it has colors, like all the colors. Like oh, I nice. can see different color blacks. It's amazing, <laughs> and so that's really kind of got me very into like colors and stuff in my videos and in my 
photographs and yeah. different kind of styles and things. So I've been having a lot of fun with that now that I can see colors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, play, play, playing lots of games and, you know, trying to put, continue to put things together. And the highlight of my month for anybody who's interested was I put up a review of Keyflower, which is one of my favorite games. Um, I've talked yes. about it on here. And the um, designer, Richard Bree, sent me a message to thank me for my review and 10 geek gold. And I was yeah. like, oh, Oh, it's not the nicest thing in the world. I was not anticipating that. Um, so that was lovely. Amazing. So I can never spend my geek gold again. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was, that's why, that's what I've been up to this month, kind of basking in the glow of a small amount of praise. It was fantastic. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's mm. great when that happens. I mean, it's great, obviously, hearing for anyone getting some feedback. You know, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, isn't it? Anyone. Like, I think we all, all these sort of content creators say, you know, we live in a bubble, we do our own mm. thing, but we never hear anything. Yeah. But then hearing from the designer or someone actually, you know, involved yes. with the game, whoever it may be, is mm-hmm. obviously even worth a lot more. And they're not yeah. geek gold. On top of that, as you <gasps> say, you might have to I open know. a geek gold savings account and just <laughs> reserve it somewhere separate. I'd like to frame it if <laughs> I could. Spend the ten- <laughs> I don't know how to frame geek gold, but I would if I could. I took a screenshot. I guess it's the best I can do for now. Yeah, but yeah, that was, that was just really nice. I just think there's something really nice uh, about, you know, what, uh, getting affirmation for what you do. I was like, oh, thank you, because that's somebody Brilliant. else's yeah. game who they love and created and all that kind of mushy stuff um so yeah so that's that's been kind of the exciting stuff in my in my life um so what kind of what games Amazing. have you been what games have you been playing actually we'll have to, we'll have a chat about you know what we what we've got to the table the lately games, i'm sure yeah. you're full of exciting things i've seen all yeah. your deliveries i can't wait to hear Christmas at your house. <laughs> <laughs> it almost is, yeah. From mm. basically not getting any review copies, now getting you know too many almost. <laughs> so I'm still working my way through the pile. So quick shout mm-hmm. out to Ravensburger UK for the um, Back to the Future Dice Through Time game, which was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, also quick shout out before I actually talk about the games to Big Potato Games. They've they've been amazing, sending me through Clask and Don't Get Got and Colorbrain. Nice. So there was the big box arriving. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there's obviously been others. We've got Ellie Diggs from the Dark Imp with the Christmas Cracker Games mm-hmm. and we had Swatch from uh, Minerva Tabletop. Yeah. Uh, so it's got so Halo to that you know he's he's coming out in kickstarter very soon yes. but yeah so stop talking about lots of different games <laughs> and showing no. off with my that's what we're here for of review copies <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just so proud i mean i hate showing off and things but it's, yeah. it's one of the things where i'm really proud to have have got those and and mm, really you know appreciative of these people sending me their stuff yeah. because it obviously means that they they think i'm i'm doing a good job there so thanks yeah appreciate Yay. it but yeah going back to <laughs> Back to the Future, Dice Through Time from Ravensburger mm-hmm. is a cooperative game where obviously set in the Back to the Future film series that probably most people know. I hope they do. <laughs> and it is, you know, so well converted, I think. Um it's it feels a bit cartoony. But um, I think it works because your role basically is there. You, you roll four dice, which have basically obviously six sides on them, six other dice with six different actions. And and your aim is to go from uh, the different time uh, ranges. So there's, I think, four years basically represented from you know, 1885 and 1985 and up to 2015. Um, what was it in between... Um, uh, or oh, 1970 I don't know basically the four years that you know from the films and you each have a DeLorean so you're basically playing either Doc Brown or Marty McFly in the car 
traveling between time using your dice uh, for different actions and then you have to sort of try and fix sort of things going wrong in each timeline and um, once you've done that you get an item from that well from a different era uh, which you then have to return to its place so just think about um, is it the second film yeah, I think it was the second film, Back to the Future, where they tra- travel into the future and, and quotes 2015, which obviously isn't the future anymore. <laughs> and um, Biff steals the uh, almanac um, and, and takes it you know, back in, in time to make uh, the, the old Biff rich and, and all that, and, and things <laughs> change. So that's sort of the same idea. You're basically trying to return items to smooth things out. But all the while, more things go wrong in each timeline. So basically, it gets harder and harder, and, and you have to really decide what you want to do and talk about you know who's going to go where. You can't meet each other, so you can't be in the same space at the same time because then you lose time. Um, and all those things happening. And as I say, there's lots of dice rolling, which people don't like, but it's um, resolving after the roll. So you basically roll the dice and then decide what to do with it rather than the other way around, which gives you a bit more control. And also working together, you can sort of almost share dice. Um, if, if you basically, the idea is if you put your dice down in an earlier year, so say 1885, you can then use it in the same location later on because you sort of left them behind for another player and things oh. like that. So lots of clever mechanisms yeah. in there. So the artwork is, is great, very cartoony, lots of cards in there and, and great fun. So my wife and I have been playing it dozens of times. Hey and uh, really enjoyed it so yeah that was back to the future dies mm. through time by Ravensburger. very very fun did it bring up any like you know um timeline issues for you or did you wonder about the nature of time <laughs> while playing because you know you know in movies they make it seem really simple because there's like the two rules isn't it of time travel yeah. of don't meet yourself and don't change anything yeah but by nature of you going to the future you have already changed something yeah. you know I, I i was i i go down this route of is it really time travel would it really work but um the, the back to the future movies are fantastic especially the very the first movie yeah. is like the perfect time travel movie they really wrap everything back up so perfectly Absolutely, um, and yeah. it sounds like the game is a little bit like that so uh, that could be really really fun i'm glad you had um, such a good time with it yeah we yeah. really enjoyed it so i wasn't quite sure whether my wife would like it yeah um i mean i'm a great fan of the back to the future series mm-hmm. as you know the first film is great but even i like the others for for all for different reasons yeah. and yeah she really enjoyed that cool. cooperative element and it's again so well balanced that the first few games you think it's impossible you feel like you need a fifth <laughs> dice to give you extra actions to do it yes and then you play it a few more times and you realize oh actually no it is possible and then the more you play it the better you get and then you you can obviously level up if you want to, <laughs> basically returning more items. Cool. And then obviously the cards and, and the locations, they all, you know, if you know the films, you will be reminded of them. And I'm sure some people in my games groups would sort of start quoting things from the film <laughs> while we're playing it. So I'm looking forward to maybe playing with, the, with them as That's well. Cool. So in, at some point in the future, Woo-hoo! there we go, back to oh, the future. <laughs> you don't need dice where you're going. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, though? What have you been playing? Um, okay, so I'm going to start with a game I probably should have talked about long before now. Um, and I picked it up, actually, at Essen last year on the recommendation of Roger, who I know listens to this podcast. So thank you, Roger. Because um, he Hi, very Roger. kindly recommended <laughs> Aeon's End. Because um, you were just talking about, you know, um, your cooperative game. And cooperative games are ones that don't go down particularly well in our house. 
they're just I don't know we find them very easy I think it's the problem and my husband is the type of guy to take over anyway and tell everyone what to do in their turns so that we all work optimally right. but we don't necessarily have a lot of fun then on the journey no. but Aeon's End is the one that has surprised us most um, in the sense that it is a cooperative deck building game where you fight a monster and you buy cards to put into your deck and you do things to fight the monster all very standard but for some reason this game is hard really really hard and you do genuinely have to work together somewhat um, but not in such a way where you would tell each other what to do on your turn if that makes sense so in, okay. a, in a regular yeah. cooperative game you know like my husband a point and he goes oh you should use this ability here and do this thing here but because of the way you build your deck and stuff um, you can't really do that so the people who would normally take charge don't don't get that opportunity and instead you really do have to just work towards kind of objectives to take down the boss and the bosses are all unique and they all do very strange and weird things they all have their own deck which you know you will reveal what they do on a turn but some of them come with additional tokens some of them come with special rules Mm. um and they're really really exciting interesting and difficult and also the deck building portion always feels very different every time you play as well there's a great variety in the amount of different spells or things you might put in your deck and how they interact with each other. Okay. And it's one that we've been having an absolute blast playing. And so I bought um, Aeon's End War Eternal, I think was the aver- the version I got in Essen. And um, we recently traded for kind of the base version, which is just Aeon's End, which is essentially more cards, more characters, you know, more bosses to fight. And so I was playing it at the weekend and I, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was remembering, I was like, this is so good and I haven't told enough people about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's a cracker of a game. It's got so many very intelligent choices um, inside of it that make it both fun to play, but a challenge as well, but not so hard. You don't feel like you couldn't have beaten it. And even when you do lose, you know you were very close. It's one of those. Um, right, so yeah, I definitely yeah. recommend people check it out. It gets a lot of love, actually, and I think it's well-deserved. It's, it's a great game. So yeah, that, that's, my fir- that's my first game of the day, Aeon's End. The first game of the yeah, of the day. episode. Yeah, <laughs> and then, as you say, lots of people are talking about it. Mm, I've not really stuff. heard much about it, and yeah. um, again, maybe because it's cooperative. It's yeah, it's mm. it's one of those things that is hard to necessarily find a group. Some people love uh, cooperative games, and yes. and they're great with it. But as you say, mm. with certain people it can turn the other way. So that's interesting <laughs> to hear that they've dealt with this sort of alpha player syndrome yeah, if you like I as think well. so yeah I think so it reminds nice. me of Gloomhaven like that as well which is also a cooperative game but you very much play your own characters you know people can't you know just yeah. determine what you're going to do in your turn for you and yet it's somehow you're working together and I think that's a real feat in cooperative games um, to be able to avoid that kind of alpha player yeah, problem yeah. yeah. so what else has been getting to your table now that we've gone back to the future where are we going to the past <laughs> yeah. that was a terrible we're probably pun. sort of going to the past <laughs> <laughs> a game that and i mentioned earlier big potato games don't get got is mm. hmm, is it a board game obviously not played with a board or on a board <laughs> but i would still include it in this group of tabletop games mm-hmm. and yeah don't get got how to describe this game so basically you can play it i think up to five players i mean technically you can play to larger groups there's no limit and basically consists of a huge long list of uh, or deck of missions basically that uh, everyone gets i think four sort of random missions one basic mission that they keep secret and they have to try and get the other team to um, do certain things or or, or something like that 
And I think it sort of says there, basically you play it until someone's completed three of their missions, but you can obviously again set it to whichever way you want. You can maybe say, okay, we're going to play just over the weekend, and then by the end of the weekend, whoever completes the most ones wins. Huh. And missions are, as I say, things like, um, I don't want to spoil it too much, <laughs> missions are, are all sorts of mixed, but it might be things that you basically get, need to get someone else to do something. Okay. So you might throw something to them, and if they catch it, then you've completed the mission. <laughs> I like that. Or you ask them a question and and if they answer a certain thing then again you've completed the mission oh. and if if you have completed it you basically show them that card yeah. and you know they confirm that it's completed and you flip it around and and hmm. you don't have it like a green tick and you've cool. basically nailed it but there's a little twist to it because otherwise you might keep trying it so if someone calls you out and says oh you're trying to complete a mission then you have to be honest and say yeah you're right and you <laughs> failed that mission so you have to be a bit clever of how you do it but it does really change the sort of psychology uh, of, <laughs> of the whole group. So we played it literally over a weekend, just Saturday, Sunday. Mm. Uh, started at a certain time, so okay, by lunchtime, you know, on Sunday, <laughs> we're going to complete. And yep. that's it. And then suddenly, everyone was really cagey and going, oh, <laughs> are you, are you literally, you know, I played with my daughter, my wife, and, and my daughter was sort of, you know, saying to her, oh, could you just p- quickly take this outside or whatever, you know, or, you know, put the plates in the... In the <laughs> In, in the dishwasher or something you know and they say oh hang on you're trying to trick me aren't you and i'm going no 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 this is actually genuine and it is quite funny how how everyone suddenly gets very cagey and doesn't trust anyone and you know double checks and then eventually you do still get got because obviously they surprise you the, the best one was i say the basic one which i can't remember it's really terrible but anyway my, my daughter was basically having a line on the sunday as they do teenagers these days mm, yep. and my my wife was sort of saying okay no it's i don't know what time it was and and our daughter asked her that question and my wife answered the answer that she shouldn't have given and she literally just said oh got you as well so it's like hang on you're just asleep you're still playing the game and yeah it's it's good fun as i say yeah. i think it's one of those party type mm. games even though again i don't know whether you would want to play just during one evening mm. uh, it's probably better like over a week or weekend you know holidays those sort of yeah. things camping trips i don't know and yeah you just out those random cars and i think there's like dozens and dozens of them so you literally you know can play it several times without mm. going through the whole deck and uh, yeah so much fun so don't get got by big potato games awesome. again thanks very much to the guys there <laughs> really appreciate to have that copy yeah. and we'll be playing it a few more times so mm. i think our holidays are sorted we'll be playing hey. don't get got all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh that sounds fantastic fun i think it, as you said that sounds like a fantastic game to play on like a weekend away or something like that yes you know yes. at the start of the weekend you all get your missions and off you go and then all weekend you're waiting to see if somebody's going to catch get you or not yeah exactly, you know what sometimes yeah. the simple simplest things are the most fun that sounds like a, such a laugh even if yeah. you only played it in an evening like while you were down the pub or something like that you know what i mean trying to find ways to complete yeah, it yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah that sounds brilliant i mean it depends on the missions obviously some missions you sort of um have to have more time to actually do them if you like you know yeah. to prepare you can't necessarily do it in the evening but again you know if if you get like five missions in total and and two of them you can't do because the you know it's not the right time or whatever, you still have plenty of others to do. It's just as you say, just fun to yeah, just fun. have something to do and trying to trick people without them to be always suspicious. So you have to just say time it right, otherwise you just keep being called out and you don't complete anything. So oh, that no, fun. great fun. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Really, really fun. That sounds fab. <laughs> 
So what is your next game that you've played? All right, my, fu- my final game of the day. Um, and it's big enough to have encompassed all of our games together. But I'm super, super excited. So um, yeah, I'll probably gush a little bit. And this is um, Time of Legends, Joan of Arc from Mythic Games. Um, okay. So this is a very large game. <laughs> it comes in a very large box. Yay. And it is essentially a, it's a war game is what it is. It's a game with a ton of minis. I have very few of those games. But for a very long time, I used to play war games. And we, our house was festooned with miniatures and all sorts of stuff like that. And we played it a lot. It's actually, I played war games before I played board ga- board games. And for years, we've been meaning to try to get back into it. But it's a very expensive hobby. Buying models and things like that all the time yeah. really racks up. As anyone who anyone who plays will tell you, it just kind of takes over your life. So I was very eager to try find a board game that captured the same type of feel as a war game, but it had everything all in the box and would all be ready and you could play it whenever you wanted and you didn't have to go and buy bits and bobs or whatever whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so I had my eye on um, Joan of Arc for quite a while because it, it looks... It looks just like that. You have, you know, so basically there is a bunch of scenarios um, set in like the 1400s with France and with England. Right. And, you know, so, um, you go through these different scenarios. Now, obviously, some of it is kind of otherworldly because there are angels and demons and things in the box as well. It's not just, his, it's not, it's actually not really historical. Apparently, it's based on the rumors people <laughs> yeah, told no. <laughs> about that time in history. So, like, the, the rumor of Joan of Arc okay. existing is there, and there was a rumor about such and such. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. But, like, I've only played the first scenario so far, and basically, I was the good guys, and I had to rescue a town of starving people from the bad guys who were holding it to siege. And I was surprised, actually, how much fun it was to play. It really feels like a, a real war game. It looks beautiful. There's so much stuff in the box. It's absurd. Like... <laughs> When you set up your when you set up your campaign, it tells you to go find the models, you know, for the different people you have to put out on the board. We spent like right. thirty yeah, minutes yeah. trying to open all of the boxes, trying to find the specific <laughs> miniature. It took longer to find the miniatures than it did wow. to set up and play. But it was beautiful. It was really fun. It was really simple to play, and the rule book was very good. I was surprised because explaining war games is not the easiest thing, especially if you're you're not familiar with all the jargon but it was very well laid out and we yeah, had a blast yeah. um i was delighted with it absolutely delighted so um yeah for something no, i'd been something i i thought was way outside of my price range which it is i'm just lucky that i got a copy second hand and it's my husband's birthday next week so yeah. that stretched the wallet ever so slightly because uh, otherwise normally <laughs> i would never have been able to afford this but i i was super super chuffed with it so yeah so that was Joan, Time of Legends, Joan of Arc. It's a lovely long title, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. So do you, do you reckon if someone wants to get into these sort of tabletop war game type things, mm. is that something maybe to start with just to get a taste because mm. everything there, easy to learn. And, you know, if you do really like it, then you can obviously shell out on lots of miniatures and, and you know, go into a completely different universe and whatever. Mm. So it's a good starter, do you think? I don't know. I think it's quite, it's expensive for a starter. Right. Like, I think if you already like miniatures and you might want to paint them already, then this is a bargain. There are so many things inside the box. If you like okay. painting miniatures and you might play the game too, I think it's good. There are a whole host of other um similar, or not similar, but there are other board game war game type things. Like you have Memoir 44, you have Battle Lore as well, yeah. which also have miniatures and you move them around specifically. If you wanted to start with something 
um, a little bit cheaper to see if you you liked it first. You know what I mean? To dip your toes in the water because Joan of Arc is expensive. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's expensive. Um, I can kind of understand okay. why it is. There's a lot in there. But if you already have maybe played those games and you you kind of you have a feel for what you like and you um, then Joan of Arc, I think, is a good thing. But it's something you'd want to be certain about before just spending money on it. Okay. That's right. what I think anyway. Yeah. Hopefully I will make a review of it soon and that might help people decide because there's very few reviews for it, which also didn't help me make any decisions. Yeah. But um, that's my plan anyway. I'll let people know what I thought when I've played a few more games. Um, but for now, it's looking very positive. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Oh, cool. So that shall we roll great. on to the next section? I think it's time to move to our main part uh, that everyone's <laughs> been looking forward to. So let's, let's move on to the next section. Right. right, so we're getting to the topic part of the podcast, which is probably my second favorite part, <laughs> if I'm honest. I love hearing about what Oliver has been playing. But we're talking about something really exciting today, actually. And this is something that everyone can jump in on when, when we discuss it. And this yeah. is the best things about board games. And obviously, we all play board games and there are certain things we love about them more than others. Um, you know, all terrible rule books aside. Yeah. But there, yeah, board games just bring out, I think, this, so, so many good good things and we have so many favorite things about them. So I thought we'd, lo- we'd start by uh, launching into what we think are the, the best things about board games. So Oliver, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm. I, I want to know what, what, what do you think the best bit is? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. There's obviously lots of things that are great about board games mm. and I'm sure we'll, we'll cover quite a few of them. But I think a lot of the time for me board games are about escaping into another world and i'm very much of a theme person i'm a very visual person as well so illustrations and things are important and to me that all adds up to being able to you know for half an hour hour three hours depending on the game escape into another world and just live there and and forget about the day-to-day stuff and i mean even like cooperative games like talking about back to the future yeah i'm sitting there with my wife when talking and we're still here in the moment together but at the same time we're in the back to the future world as well and then with the games group same sort of thing i mean it's great to have the banter and people around but it's nice to also be be away and not think about the day-to-day stuff but maybe live in this other world and enjoy adventures and it doesn't have to be as i say like role play storytelling games necessarily you know so simple things like back to the future or even scythe which is sort of very well it's not abstract but again the artwork and everything evokes that sort of world that you live in and i quite like that just escaping and being in this other other space for an, a number of hours, hopefully, or at least as a half an hour or something like that. Length doesn't matter. And that's sort of the main thing for me. I, uh, I'm curious to know, actually, what's your favorite world to escape into in a board game? Oh. I was sitting thinking about it while you were talking. Like, if you had to, if you had to pick one, that you always find yourself getting lost in a little bit. Um, it's quite tough. I, th- I don't really mind. I, mean, I think most worlds are very interesting. And it's always nice exploring that world as you explore the game as well. You know, as you're sort of learning the game and yeah. developing strategies. Mm-hmm. But I think sort of the, the, the best worlds are probably the ones by Red Raven Games. The sort of above and below, the near and far time. Type mm-hmm. things and um you know again the illustrations because they're all the same and, and actually obviously with something like above and below and the end file you've got a storytelling game even if the storytelling is maybe a small amount mm-hmm. in above and below it's a bit bigger in the end far and obviously sleeping gods is supposed to be get getting even bigger um obviously that is obviously great that that's a world to live in because you actually hear the story and, and you can sort of live it much better mm-hmm. than in something like back to the future sure. where okay you know what's going to happen you know the film there's nothing to explore in the sort of story sense but 
you're just sort of reliving those events and, and hoping for that so yeah <laughs> if i had to choose one i'd Ooh. say the the world yeah. of red raven games that's that's the one for me interesting. <laughs> uh, i do i do find the one that's probably grabbed me the most and i'm not a theme person i think like yourself um normally that wouldn't attract me to a game but in a game like battlestar galactica where you're all taking on roles on a ship and you're performing specific types of actions and you are suspicious yeah. of each other because somebody is not who they <laughs> yeah. say they are. Um, you can't help but get caught up into wondering if you're going to be able to make the next jump home to Earth or not, or you know if right. your ship is falling apart any further. There's something about that game, I think, that really drags you in and drags everyone else in. And I always have a lot of fond memories of, of that game. And we always tell stories of the things we did to each other in that game. Yeah, and yeah. I just... I, I love that. I, I agree with you. That feeling of having that we're going somewhere else together is a really magical thing that board games can create. And it's a world yeah. you can touch and interact with. Yeah. And that you're all you're all a part of, too. You know, so, um, I yeah, I, I completely agree, actually, <laughs> despite not really believing in theme. No, no, no. It's OK. <laughs> so <laughs> what about it then? What What is it for you then? Go on. This is going to sound a little odd. But everything about me is odd, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. Because <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, when they think about the best things about board games, they think about spending time with their family or their friends or, um, you know, as you say, having experiences and stuff together. Yeah, I'm a collector at heart. And long before I got into board games, I like to collect different types of things. Okay. And for me, I think the best thing about board games is that you are collecting something, but it has a function. It's something you can use. It's kind of like collecting books, except you read them all. Okay. <laughs> like I was one of those people who had a really big library, but it only read like, you know, 20 of the books in it. Yeah. But it's different, <laughs> I think, with board games in that they, you want to play them all. You want to take them down off the shelves. And I just, I think there's something cool about um, getting games that suit you and having them around you and ready for your perusal at any time. And I think yeah. that's one of the best things about board games is that that kind of consistency um, in your collecting. So okay. yeah, it's a bit of an odd approach. I'm not going to lie, but I, I like having my collection of, of board games and I love being able to play them at will. And I think that, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not explaining this particularly well, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> no, it's so, good. And, yeah. and I was going to ask you, so when is it, is it the, the fact that you're collecting stuff? So is it more about mm. buying another game, maybe that fits the collection or something, or is it just also yeah. owning the collection and having that there in front of you? Is it, is it so what, what is it? The, mm. the sort of change of the collection, the buying the new, maybe getting rid of older ones or uh, ones that don't quite fit true. anymore, or is it literally just the, the owning the sort of constant part of it? Um, well, I think it wouldn't be a collection if I just kept buying things and I didn't somehow curate it. I didn't yeah. get rid of some or add others. I think otherwise you're just buying stuff. But I'm not that like, now, you know, my Twitter feed may, you know, disagree with me here, but I'm not actually that <laughs> eager to buy new games all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it looks otherwise, but um, I'm not like, I'm not looking at my collection going, well, I need this next thing for it. I want this. Um, Most yeah. of the time, like what, what stays in our collection are things that, we don't have another game that does this specific thing that we really enjoy, right? Yeah. So I have a lot of games that don't, I don't have a lot of overlap. If the game does the same thing as another one, I won't keep it. I'll keep the, the best one. So I have one dice management kind of game and, yeah. and you know, that is it. it. And it beat out all the other ones. It's not that I didn't have them at some point. I did, but it was just the best yeah. one. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> so my collection is what is one where there's been a lot of cuts and there's been, and yes, I do add things to it, but it, it's a very regimented thing. But of course, you know, having them all there, I think is awesome too. 
No it's good. just something cool, isn't there? Yeah. About going, okay, let's play a game tonight. Which one will we play? And then you open up the doors. Yeah. And it's like, ah, <laughs> 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 you know, they're there. So that that <laughs> I just love that. I love it that it's always ready to go. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I suppose video games are the same way. You just flick the switch and turn it on, but it's there in front of you with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. just special. So yeah, my that, that that's my my thinking about the best thing about board games. No, um, I agree. I, so. I, I quite like that you have a <laughs> not necessarily a theme for your collection, but you do sort of pick games that mm. fit into, as you said. Yes. You know, if you already have a game that does something, then okay, maybe you might try the new game, and if it does it better, then you keep that. But it is about sort of yeah. finding something to plug those holes of, you know, that scratch certain itches, <laughs> whether it's mechanisms yes. or maybe it is even yes. themes for some people. Maybe for some of it, not quite so much <laughs> yeah. for you. But I get that idea. I mean, same yeah. here. I, I tend to always look for games that have a certain mechanism um, that maybe I haven't mm-hmm. seen before that is done slightly yeah. differently or combined in a different way. So in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can understand yeah. the sort of curating of your collection it's not just buying more games <laughs> yeah. it's about okay actually no. does that fit in mm-hmm. does it something do better or have I already got a game that does it yeah. you know, does this one maybe do it yeah. better so oh, that's cool mm-hmm. exactly yeah exactly so yeah so you've you've actually been very busy and you've contacted the twitter sphere <laughs> and facebook and all the social medias <laughs> and asked for some feedback <laughs> on this topic and see what <laughs> other people thought and you've been mm. very busy I, I was watching yeah. sort of on the sidelines well, no. and liking things here and there so. <laughs> Oh, you were busy like structuring the rest of this episode. <laughs> so, so don't, don't worry, don't worry. Um, but tell you, it's you know what? It's lovely when people when people have a chat to you on Twitter about something they love. Yeah. Um, and so it was really exciting to hear what people you know really I suppose loved or thought was brilliant about board games. So we're gonna read out some of their comments and we'll have a little chat about them and see what we and see what you guys think as well at home. Yeah. We would lo- love to hear your thoughts. Um, so we'll start with the first one. So this is from Dave at Pseudo Davenham. This is going to be real yeah. fun reading Twitter names out loud, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said, uh, the breakdown of social barriers. So six-year-old can play with an 86-year-old. People with nothing else in common can come together and have a great time. And he also mentioned that they can be teaching tools for literacy, numeracy, and more. Mm, very mm. true it's, it's a social thing i think we, we all know mm. about that and you know a lot of people as you said before will mention that and and to me uh, that's part of it as mm. well you know i was thinking earlier about lockdown you know we're still playing board games yeah. be it remotely but it still brings us yeah. together in some way and and again as i say for me it's the world's mm-hmm. you know escaping into but the social part of it is definitely something yeah. and you know with with board game conventions so many have just you know areas where people can play games and so often you see literally yes. a table with a sign saying players want it and they don't care really who joins them they just want to make new friends and play this game yeah. so it brings people together and yeah. there's some Something maybe you know, there's a focus that a hobby that they all share and brings people together and yeah the age range absolutely <laughs> as well I mean some games do it better than others cool. for sure but mm. yes there's so many games that <laughs> allow anyone to play with with whatever background whether it's age range or even just the experience with games generally I, I keep thinking about playing games with my my wife's parents um you know we're, yeah. we're thinking about like maybe teaching them king domino because they're not gamers but that might be a good start mm. into that and and my wife's family they've mm-hmm. as i say they've been buying more and more games since we sort of started them off and it's just nice <laughs> that you know you can and they play with their kids as well um, and we play with our daughter as much as we can so yeah mm. definitely age range is, cool. is something so important there as yeah. well um, I can't help but think so. It's just the, the people with nothing else in common can come together and have a great time. And it's so ridiculously true. And yeah. I'm just, I'm remembering when we were at Spiel last year and there was a, a demo table for games. 
and we sat down this this random lady sat down next to me I didn't know who she was she spoke French I spoke English we somehow muddled along but we played a board game together we had a great time yeah and there's something really special about that like there there are ways of meeting people you might not have met otherwise and I think you'll find as well if you play board games at conventions yeah. you'll have people like walk over and come and say hello and say what are you playing yeah or they might sit down and play a game with you I think you can make these random friends through board games that you would never have known otherwise you know what I yes. mean I think it's just yeah. a great yeah, focus yeah point and a talking point for people especially if like myself you're a little bit kind of not necessarily anxious okay like no i am anxious around other people and there's a great thing about board games where no one's going to ask you how you're feeling today or how hmm. you know you look funny or whatever the else you might be thinking is no. going to your brain they're going to ask you so whose turn is it next where does the purple yes. thing go yeah. you know have you connected that road to that road have you got a three in your hand yeah. you know yeah. um and i think there's something amazing about being able to connect with people without having to be personal necessarily yes. um yeah. and board games i think really facilitate that um so that's one actually yeah I think maybe that is the best thing about board games maybe i should be reconsidering <laughs> what i thought but Changing it's super choice. true <laughs> it really true and that is a type of teaching in itself you know because like yeah. we we interviewed ann jones from card or, cards or die and she talked yeah. about using board games as a way to interact with people to help them kind of not just like learn skills but you know kind of manage their lives and you know that kind of yeah, way. she, yeah, she yeah, had yeah. a really great way of using games almost like a healing property as a, a teaching yeah. tool and all that kind of stuff um and games yeah also magically do all of those things so that's a, a very well thought out tweet well done it's yeah, 150 no. characters i don't think i could yeah. have said it so good myself <laughs> lots of great it's, points it's covered there cool, definitely isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah it is amazing Bo- board games are so mm. um you know so wide in so many ways is it and jones you know deal, doing that with uh you know in groups where people can use the game as a focus where they just play games if mm. they want to and if they're ready to talk about something they can talk about and as you said you know that's that's mm. what we find so often when you play as i say at conventions yes. and and you don't know the person you have something in common you don't have to even talk about each other or mm. you know ask who you are yeah. on anything you can just play the game or if you want to try and mm-hmm. find out more you can it's, it's it just opens up and, and yeah. just that focus and the teaching mm-hmm. as well the literacy numeracy and all that when we were just on the on the um uh, interview as well that was you know she was talking about loveless and babbage as a sort of teaching tool potentially not necessarily teacher specifically but you know people are put off because it's maths and things like that but no you can play the game and, and you'll be absolutely fine so no very good tweet definitely yeah. very good so tweet. Okay, so let's move on to next? the next one yeah we got carcasson central at carcasson on Woo! twitter um it's a nice short (laughs) tweet which i like it's usually that moment (laughs) where you've managed to align the planets and get one over on a mate like when you get that lit uh, that tile you really need or play the right sequence in a worker place but so this is talking about sort of games nights with friends uh, and you just you yes. know really pulled off that great combo or you just rolled the die yes. right dice result that you needed that moment <laughs> yeah and i think it's you know we get that it's not even just with mates when you yeah. try and get one over on another one even though that's obviously that's a great feeling as well but i think mm. just those great oh, moments yes. that that come come out of those games where you just never expected to be able to do something and at the last minute you 
have the right card or you've yeah. you know say planned for it for throughout the game and with your last turn you pull off this great combo <laughs> and it just feels yeah. absolutely amazing when you can i think <laughs> i think pretty yes. all of us have had that moment a moment along those lines where even if it's not you doing that just watching one of your friends or someone you play with do that and you think oh wow that was really well played and you, you remember those moments it's it's really yeah. amazing so very i like mm. that that is so true there's <laughs> amazing moments <laughs> there really is a lot of satisfaction i think in board games when you get something right um now to be fair there's also satisfaction in just doing something wrong and having fun with it too like yeah, i have a friend when she plays board games if she's not winning she'll just try and disrupt the game instead so she'd like play <laughs> fire point rescue is it fire flash point rescue the one where they set with the one where the building's on fire and she'll be the one yeah, spreading the fire yeah. if it's not yeah, working yeah. <laughs> or when she plays what is it dinosaur island she tries to get as many of her meeples eaten as possible yeah you know yeah, and yeah. i think there's also something really fun in that so that goes back to the puzzle the whole star is aligning um like achieving an end i suppose is really yeah, satisfying yeah. In, in games i also love when you surprise yourself when you achieve an end you didn't know you were aiming for that's yeah. also a lot of fun i do that a lot when i play onitama i'm really okay. bad at that game <laughs> you'd think it'd be simpler because there's only so many moves and you can see all of the moves but i mm. don't win but i love that moment where my opponent goes ah that was weird yeah, yeah. and i'm like what did they do what did they do <laughs> tell me what it is um and i don't know what it is but i just love i love being able to surprise them i'm like after all this time <laughs> but uh, yeah that moment where you get everything to just go like it should yeah that's a really good yeah. board game feeling isn't it yeah that's definitely great i think the other part that board games um do as well allow you to do you're saying you're doing the opposite but it's, it's just experimenting with the sort <laughs> yeah. of strategies that you know might be there so even if you've played yes. games so many times and you've played a certain strategy so many times successfully mm -hmm. you might go okay right i've done this now yeah. let's try something else and then you relearn yes. the game almost because you're playing it differently and you know yes. again you then have that moment of oh yeah i've, I've played the strategy that everyone says no one can ever win and i've won you know it might have taken me 50 times to do <laughs> yes. it but i got there so definitely get that that's, yes. that's really good <laughs> oh that's a really really good point that's a really good point actually as well yeah but being able to try something new every time you play um, yeah it's also a fantastic part of board games isn't it even if it's not you know the optimal play it's fun to do no, you know exactly. have your own path and achieve that okay so the next comment um this is from joe at phantom meeple and he says so the wide array of genres there is almost something for everyone whether it's short and quick or long and drawn out mechanics too so many different ways the hobby can be enjoyed yeah there's a lot of board games <laughs> and yeah, there are so many different thousands. types of board games. We're, go we're going, we're both, we're going back to my collection feeling here, yeah. but it's, it is amazing though, that there really is something for everybody. Cause I always find it really funny when people, um, you know, the, they'll comment and say, Oh, I hate this game or I don't like this game. And I'm like, you don't have to play it. There's like 50 million others you can go and mm, find. Mm, and one yeah. of which will, will suit you. I really genuinely believe there's a game for everybody. And I think that's that's a pretty cool feature of a hobby, though, isn't it? That everyone is welcome and everyone is included because yeah. there is something for everybody and nobody has to be left out. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a mathematician, yeah, you know, yeah. who can play the more advanced games or whatever it is. There's, there really is like something for everybody from top to bottom. 
Um, so yeah, loads of ways the hobby can be enjoyed. No, definitely, mm-hmm. certainly a wide range of mechanics or mechanisms, as I, I prefer to say. <laughs> um, themes, um, player counts, age ranges, you know, mm-hmm. abilities and all that. But I mean, just to dampen it maybe slightly, there, there is obviously still more work to be done when it comes to representation. There's still more things that yeah. you know, can be done to include even more people. But I think oh, it's probably absolutely. one of the few hobbies that I know that are actually so broad and they do have limitations like you know we, we live in the real world there's always going to be exclusion in some way yeah. but um yes. as i say chances are that if you don't like one game you will probably find another that you do like so i i'd say it's, it's probably rare that you can you know do that in, in any other hobby that I, at least i can think of obviously prove me wrong in the comments mm-hmm. below if you can think of something <laughs> that's more inclusive um and yeah we can obviously yes. have have moments where you know people are horrible to each other but i think you know when it comes to going back to the the tweet here that you know we're talking about genres and, and mechanisms and and game lengths and you know anything there is, should be sort of a combination of things that uh, appeal to pretty much any person and and you know mm-hmm. or the majority of people yeah. let's put it that way so no i think yeah. that's and that's mm-hmm. also great about the hobby that, that there's such a wide range you know you might not like mm-hmm. fantasy but you prefer i don't know science fiction or you know there's there's everything yeah. out there that there. should have been covered mm-hmm. in some way or another definitely <laughs> <laughs> too true too true so Mm-hmm. Moving on to bike, Mike, sorry, bike, Mike Belsell. <laughs> hmm. This is where I'm Sounds very right. bad at pronouncing yeah, names, English names. So that's at <laughs> Mike Belsell 3. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to send him a message. <laughs> yeah. There you Can go. You please tell us how to pronounce your name. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. So you're saying it's a shortcut to an intimate conversation. I know, uh, know more about a stranger after playing a game with them than I would at a dinner with them. People show you who they are when playing a game. Obviously, it's not the complete picture of a person, but it's a more intimate snapshot, which is going back to sort of what we said earlier. Yes, you can play a game and not talk about each other and, and completely rename, remain anonymous and just have played the game. But yes, it also allows talking points. And it's because, again, I think you've got that shared hobby. So you're playing a game, you both sat down to it, so chances are you both like something about the game. So you start talking talking about it and that might lead on to conversations and i think yeah in in a way it's possibly i don't know i've never come across it myself i suppose <laughs> but then i haven't played too many games with strangers usually sort of games groups or family but i can see that being a, a thing when you play a certain game and certainly when someone and certain you know if there's like different decisions someone can make you know are you going to be doing the nice option or are you going to be really nasty and certainly those yeah. sort of moments where i think okay i know what you like <laughs> you've now you know just yes. taken the resource that mm-hmm. you knew i needed so you've been really yeah. mean towards mm-hmm. me so those sort of things i can definitely yeah. see in games happening a lot so yeah mm-hmm. intimate hmm. this, yeah <laughs> this one is my favorite tweet i think um no offense to the other tweets but um i think this is just such an interesting insight into i suppose the people you play your games with and i think they're entirely right that you really do get to know somebody by how they play how they interact with each other how they interact with the board and things like that so for instance like i um, had a player who would take forever on their turn but would tell everyone else to hurry up right yeah yeah. or or sometimes you meet people who will um who will always hoard money even if it wasn't worth anything at the end of the game regardless of the game they would always have the most money yeah and i like 
these are tiny snapshots. Like, it's not as obvious as someone, you know, flipping a table and getting upset mid-game. <laughs> but there are all these little things you get to know about people or about, you know, the person who willingly traded you, you know, the, the wood for the sheep in Catan, yeah, who yeah, it yeah. wasn't really to their benefit, but they were just helping you out. You know, like, I really, I, I, I completely agree with this. You really do get to know somebody when you play a game with them. And I always find that, that those little um, snippets really interesting because it's a way of interacting you don't normally do all the time if you're meeting with someone at dinner or you're in the pub for a drink or something it's a different situation the minute you put people in this kind of little pot where you're playing yeah. games and you have to abide by a certain amount of rules and and, and structures you i think you really do get to see people's true colors so yeah i i, I think that's spot on the nose um it's a very very yeah. clever insight and it's very true so watch you watch the people you play with guys see what you can <laughs> learn <laughs> you never know what secrets they might be hiding <laughs> I was thinking as well just now because mm-hmm. I guess board games sort of create a safe environment and in, in certainly in some ways. I mean, I know, again, that's not completely yes. true. But if, if you do sit down with someone, you've basically, as I say, you're in this other world. So you're not necessarily you, you're playing as some other character. And you're potentially more relaxed about playing a certain way that you might not be so much yes. in the real world. And again, I think that's mm-hmm. that's another reason why it might bring out certain yeah um, characters mm-hmm. behaving in a certain way that they might not be like that as i say at a dinner table or something like that but on the board game suddenly you think okay right i can either win the game by doing this really mean thing or i can lose the game by doing this thing yeah i'm gonna win so yeah i'm gonna do this really mean thing so yeah i can i can see that (laughs) it's true it's not it's very good um okay so the next comment we have comes from dr alex evans i do like the doctor part yeah and they say i like a good puzzle puzzle is all in caps so this is an important phrase yes um which i think can be achieved by pretty much any genre of game strategy co-op social deduction they all have puzzle solving elements and that is what i find most satisfying also getting to have a great time with other people yeah um so puzzle well i think the puzzle is at the core of every game though isn't it the pretty well, much. obviously the yeah. type of puzzle that it is is depending on yeah depending on the type of game you're you're going to play is it the best thing about games the puzzle it's a really good question because hmm. I'd like I like for instance you think of a game like The Mind I'm like is that a puzzle yeah, is that okay, something yeah, to be yeah. to be solved in that way because hmm. most games pre- present you with a problem which is you know get the most victory points by doing this this and this and then you have to figure out how to get from step A to step B to get to that final kind of goal right yeah but I don't I don't know if ever like is there a, does there have to be a puzzle in every game like if you get games where you just roll a lot of dice as well. I don't know how much of a puzzle there is in there. But the idea of, I suppose, there being um, a satisfaction in solving a puzzle, absolutely. And I think we talked about that a little bit, where you have the stars align and everything just works out the way you want it to. To me, that rem- that feels like you've mastered the puzzle, um, or that you know you've you've made your thing work within the confines of the of the game. Yeah. But yeah, so what do you think about this puzzle idea? I, I certainly one. know someone who loves the puzzle element. Uh, someone in my games group, um, I think mm-hmm. he could play a game that has no theme. It's just you know completely abstract, and he would try and solve that puzzle of you know how to basically, you know played most efficiently or whatever the, the puzzle is i say yeah. you know there's some games there is no puzzle you roll dice and but even then i think there's always some sort of element of puzzle you know even if in like in a roll and ride you have to decide okay where do i put those dice yeah. results how do i combine them mm-hmm. what do i do so there's always decisions and i think mm-hmm. by that that creates some sort of puzzle and yeah one someone in my games group i think he always likes the puzzle of, of the game how to win obviously ultimately but 
it's more about you know getting the the victory points that he needs to achieve that i don't think he ever really plays to win he just you know he's a solid multiplayer solitaire type player so he doesn't ah. really care about winning him that's great if when he does and he does complain when he doesn't um but yeah it's it's, it's that and yeah personally i i don't know i I always think I find it hard playing a game and, and actually seeing what the puzzle really is. So yes. solving the puzzle to me is probably the last thing I do. It's more, okay, right, what can yes. I do on this turn? And then maybe a turn ahead. And maybe if I'm lucky, two turns ahead. I mean, again, some yes. games you can think three or four turns ahead. But a lot of times like, okay, what do I need to do in this moment? And yeah. yeah, solving that puzzle to me is is less important. But as I say, people do do like it. To me, it's more about yeah. Okay, what what can I do on my turn now, <laughs> and try and do the best thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is that we're just we are solving the puzzle, but in the short term instead of the long term. That we're not thinking, yeah. you know, five ten steps ahead, but we're solving the puzzle piece by piece as we approach it. Because I think yeah. the way you do, I don't look, I don't look at the game as a puzzle as a whole. I work out how do I get to do what I want to do on this turn, yeah, and make make that happen. Now, obviously, I wish I could think slightly further ahead because that gets you into all sorts of trouble when you only think about what happens <laughs> right now. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, maybe we are, maybe we are puzzle solving, just not to the larger extent. The and maybe that's another mm. great feature of board games that you don't have to do the long-term strategizing to actually solve the puzzle yeah it's just a different type of puzzle when you take it piece by piece that's true but yeah, yeah, it is still yeah, a puzzle. Maybe. yeah yeah maybe yeah okay i'll go with the puzzle i agree <laughs> i agree <laughs> puzzle good <laughs> okay true Tick. who's next <laughs> next we got thing 12 games at Ooh. thing 12 games there's one two games hello to everyone there by the way um yeah, hope you're all right Sean. so <laughs> thing yeah i wasn't quite sure who's tweeting this specifically but Sean, um, there I we think, go yeah. okay <laughs> Hi, Sean. So Sean is saying, assuming that Sean, meeting new people and creating new friendships, the memories that are made, reflecting back on huge moments of gaming, getting to exercise the mind in a fun environment, seeing smiles of victories, groans of being beasties and laughs coming from players. So lots of things I think we've sort of already covered. Mm, you know, bit, meeting yeah. new people, making friends, the memories, mm-hmm. you know, the, the huge moments of gaming, definitely. I think wow. that's that's what people remember. Mm-hmm. Exercise the mind in a fun environment. I think that hasn't been quite mentioned, even no. though we're talking about the puzzle. So maybe that's yeah. the element, other element of it. It's not just solving the puzzle, but mm-hmm. working, your, you know, exercising your mind, mind as you're puzzling that out and trying to solve that puzzle of the game. So that mm-hmm. that is true. And again, some games do it better than others. You know, some make you think a lot more than, than others. And of course, yeah, seeing smiles of victories and <laughs> groans of being beasties and laughs from coming players. Very well phrased. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very poetic true. here. So yeah, I, I think that's all the sort of things we've we've covered already, and I yeah. think we we agree with definitely. It's yeah, it's an interesting one there that creating new friendships because I I know I've made a lot of new friends thanks to board gaming, you included. Yeah, so I thank have a you. lot of what I'm called <laughs> what I call internet what I call internet friends because I haven't necessarily met everybody, but I actually think that diminishes them as friends sometimes too. I have a lot of board game friends that I've not met. I'm gonna call them real friends. But yeah. have you managed to make a lot of new friends through board gaming even before you became a content creator? Like, you know, did how did you get your own gaming group together? Well, to me, it's it was sort of the other way around. We we were already friends of friends who then you know introduced sort of friend introduced me to another friend, and then we just so we ended just end up going to the pub, and then mm. gaming came after that. So. Yes, I've made friends in the sense of through the board game topic. 
but not necessarily to, through playing board games as such. So, you know, thinking of Richard from Wheel of Wizards, I would consider him a th friend. Hello, by the way, Richard. Um, <laughs> I've never met him in person. I've talked to him a lot uh, on Twitter and maybe the odd times on in, uh, in you know, via audio as well but not because we played a game together ever. So, yeah. yes, I mean, board games as a hobby, definitely. I think, you know, as a hobby as a whole, bringing people together, talking about things, having the same interest, sure, but not necessarily the playing side. And when it comes to the playing, as I say, to me, it was the other way around, had friends and really, and then they <laughs> brought games and then we started playing games. That's and then, cool. yeah, okay, we brought my, our neighbor in, but again, you know, we, we sort of knew each other before. So he, again, so he was introduced to gaming rather than, he was introduced <laughs> via playing games so yeah it's the other way around for me i'd say that's cool yeah. um i know yeah i know a lot of my board gaming friends at least some i've met at least one through my videos to somebody i i used to know spotted me in one of my videos and now we meet up and we play games cool. i've also um, met people that way as well through playing games down in like a the board the board game shop that's further away from me slightly too far away to go to their game nights but we made friends with people there and we play games with them now um, so I definitely, board gaming has widened my friendship circle, as I'm fondly calling it. I suppose in a way that other things wouldn't have, or maybe other hobbies wouldn't have, because you do need people to play board games with you. Yeah. And especially if you want to play games at higher player counts or things like that, having people who also enjoy it and want to invest that time with you are difficult enough to find. Mm -hmm. So I very much appreciate my board game friends for putting up with all the random things I make them play. But yeah, I definitely think it's a good way to meet new people because you have that goal in mind so it's like who wants to come and play twilight imperium with me you yeah, know because yeah, yeah. you're not doing that on your own no. and as you know i'm sure you know your husband or wife loves you but they're not going to sit all day and do that if they're not interested <laughs> so you do need you do need friends yeah. and i think board games force you to find people who also love them i you know i think it's a special feature yeah and maybe one of the best things about board games <laughs> yeah maybe we keep too changing but actually i, I sh i've forgotten now and obviously apart from you becoming a friend as well i should have said that earlier oh. i think that sort of is is given now um, and we've yeah. met in person as well at essen yep. and you know talked a lot and obviously know each other yeah real friends now <laughs> real friends now but another sort of virtual <laughs> friend is obviously jamie from the giant brain podcast as well who mm -hmm. jumped onto the stream um that we played and then he joined and actually played with us so that was actually through playing games even though you could oh. argue okay that was just through the hobby yeah. he didn't actually mm -hmm. play the game with us and it was uh, my friend tom and i were playing and he was just helping with the rules but then after that he played the games with us as well so maybe that's maybe the sort of the, the only person who i've actually made or you know who's become a friend through actual game play game of play. board games so yeah okay so maybe maybe yeah. there are more yeah <laughs> yeah friendships are important in board games where you don't have anyone to play with <laughs> definitely yeah uh, or to chat with about things yeah okay so um next on our list is levi moat and they say that board games scratch so many itches for me socially intellectually and creatively nice. and i'm gonna hang on to the last word in this because it actually hasn't come up yet and it's something i didn't even think about mm. the creativity of board games especially obviously if you're a board game designer yeah. um you're thinking about games in a different way than us as players are and it's a creative um 
endeavor. Yeah. Um, but not only that, I suppose um, content creators like you and me um, also are using board games creatively to make content. Yeah. You know, um, you have this really interesting interview series with artists coming up that you have to, <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> conceptualize and things like that. Yeah. And I make videos of myself as a mob boss or whatever it is as a way of engaging with games and it's really funny about how you have to think of board games when you want to kind of introduce them to other people mm. and how you approach that is a is a really creative thing isn't it how you how yeah. you talk about it how you lure, how you want people to listen and you want to convey Definitely. so much because board games are so great <laughs> and you have to somehow fit all of that into like yeah. a, a video or a written article and contain that awesomeness enough that people get a hint of it on the yeah. other side, um, yeah. and I think that's a, a really uh, a really fun thing to do. Obviously, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't be doing it. I know I have a lot of fun with it. I, I wish I had more energy to do more because I have a lot of ideas, but not a yeah. lot of energy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's the first time where we've thought about board games as a creative thing and not mm. just as a, a puzzle or an experience, but as something to be made in a sense. Yeah. What do you think? No, I agree. All those things you said Good. makes perfect sense. <laughs> I would probably add to that the actual uh, creative side of when you play a game. So obviously role-play games are very mm. creative because people have yeah. to sort of make up decisions and, and the games master has to make up decisions <laughs> or make up worlds and yes. things. So there's obviously a lot of creativity just within the game itself. And then other storytelling games we are talking about near and far earlier. Again, you sort of mm. making up the story in your head as well. You're sort of spinning out the, the story mm. as it goes on and making decisions decisions based on that so you're creative there but even sort of games that aren't storytelling you know yes okay it's part of it is yeah. solving a puzzle so you have to be quite creative of how you're doing things creative. but again yes. i think you're creative just formulating a strategy you know as boring as it may sound you're actually yeah. very creative thinking okay when you first mm-hmm. play the game you probably have no idea you're not forming a strategy but once you play it a few more times you go okay i can do this and then that gives me that and you're sort of formulating mm-hmm. something and, and again that's that's to me a very creative yes. process that Okay, no, you're not making a story up. But in a way, you are setting the sort of scene for the game and how it might flow and what might happen. And and I think, yeah, there's huge uh, facets to board games that are all a creative part from, yeah, from the actual design of the game, making, obviously, all the illustrations and and making the product, publishing it, to playing it, to then talking about it or teaching it and talking about Mm -hmm. it. So. Yeah, at every stage we yeah. have creativity involved, definitely, for sure. <laughs> creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, as much and all as I'm sure game, some game designers can sit down with a spreadsheet and work out a game. Um, I'm not laughing at Mr. Reiner Knizia anywhere. But, you know, <laughs> someone has to be creative at some point for what you have. You know what I mean? They have yeah. to add something there. And like you're saying, you're going to talk about artists, you talk about graphic designers. Somebody yeah. has to have a vision somewhere there, don't you? And then, and then of course, you've multiple visions all coming together into one piece. Yes. And of course, I can't help, you know, but mention role playing games, which aren't necessarily board games, but are tabletop games. Yeah. Um, where you get to see ultimate creativity, where people sit around with nothing but a pencil and a paper and create whole worlds and whole characters yeah. and whole adventures, yeah. which is also just amazing, isn't it? The creativity that goes into something like that. So yeah, I huge. really like the use of that word. I thought it was good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Okay. Well, we've got one so, more. So, are we on to the last one? Yeah, one the more. last one is Christopher Burke. 
at dm underscore disgain disgain i don't know i can't pronounce it (laughs) 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 the twitter handle you find christopher burke i'm sure on twitter twitter handles so they're saying (laughs) the memories and stories created again which we've talked about we still talk about the one answer someone gave or that one really close that one really close game that i should have won or some of the other aspect of the night sometimes about the game itself but more often about the player those moments you never forget and i love that last sentence it's those <laughs> moments you never forget yeah. and i think that's yeah. quite quite nice note to end on absolutely yes. as the memories created the stories <laughs> the, the moment you won your moment you lost you know the the, the really amazing yeah. things and it doesn't have to be at the end either even during the game sometimes you know someone mm-hmm. pulls off a huge combo halfway through and still loses at the end and it's just yeah those, those <laughs> moments or the stories you tell you know in role play games or the stories you tell that in other yeah. games and and just those moments as the time you, you spend either with friends or even solo gamers you'll never forget the solo gamers they, they yeah. have a great time and they yeah. will have that amazing the moments. best company yeah exactly so it's i love that <laughs> sentence those moments oh, you never forget yeah, is probably the, the best thing about mm-hmm. board games for sure damn <laughs> uh, what's your big board game story what's the one you you always tell people about the time you did really well or you lost or something <laughs> weird happened because everyone has one and they repeat it you know to other people in the hope they already haven't heard you say it uh, i know my husband's got like four and he tells them all the time so Sorry. i have to listen to them all the time um yeah but i'm sure i've, I've got my own too but i'd love to know what yours is <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. Yes, you're putting it under pressure now, but oh, no, yeah. I, I don't have <laughs> the moment that I always remember. I, I certainly always like when, when one of my friends always pulls up this amazing combo and you know is way behind mm. throughout the game and then in the last turn literally just spends half an hour taking his turn and wins the game right yeah. at the end. There's no sort of specific moment. I think that happens regularly. Uh, he, he, you know, he's very good at sort of that sort of thing. I can't think... F- of a specific amount. I know that, for example, in Near and Far, <laughs> I, I played that once and really annoyed everyone else in the group. And if you know Near and Far, <laughs> you basically adventure on the map and you get to certain locations yeah. and someone reads out a couple of paragraphs of storyline and then you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And when you go in, you can't just make a decision. You have to have certain resources or whatever maybe to actually be able to complete that thing. So it's a matter of rolling dice, but also having hearts and things like that. So there are times when you know you're not going to be able to make it really, but you're just going in there because it gives you a little tick on the back that you know, you've know you done an adventure, which allows you to buy certain things in the next game. And yeah, literally one game I've, I've gone round and I've gone, I don't know which map it was, but basically gone through halfway through the desert that no one was able to reach right at the end of the map, if you like, and got to this cave mm-hmm. and everyone's going, because it was start to become clear that there's a dragon in this game and yeah i came to the dragon horde basically <laughs> but i knew i wasn't going to be able to take anything away from it because i didn't have enough hearts left and, and <laughs> basically had no chance and everyone's going but you know what what, what would have happened and whoever read the story out said no, no i'm going to read it no that's it that's it so we will never know what this dragon would have given oliver if he'd actually had won it so I think yeah, so that's probably the moment I, I, I sh- and the story that I should tell a negative story, but yeah, just uh, gone in the other way, <laughs> ruin it for everyone. It. We'll that's never really know good. what that dra- dragon would have given me. What amazing prize and you know, <laughs> gold or whatever. <laughs> so how about you then? What 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 is your story? <sighs> That's my story. I'm trying to think. Um, see, people remember stupid things I did and then use it against me at a later date. So, like, we... I don't know if you've ever played Wavelength. Um, I've only played it once. It was somebody else's copy. And in Wavelength, a lot about you're it, choosing yeah. basically along... Um, 
what's the word I want? So basically, yes, this looks like a wave, but it's a time. I, I, I consider it like a line where you're at one end or the other and yeah. you have to kind of guess where you weigh in on upon that line yeah. yeah i'm describing it terribly i really really am but like so i think the question was something like what's moist so i could yeah. decide either it was at a 10 which was wet or at yeah. a zero which was dry or somewhere in between yeah. and i said moist wasn't really fully wet i had it at like a six or seven and everyone flipped <laughs> out and was like no of course it's wet um and then yeah. they very quickly learned that i really only dealt in absolutes after that i either said it was all the way or it was wasn't i couldn't go in the middle and so right. now they call me a sith lord because i only deal in absolutes um <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah it's kind of i think the only really funny thing i've ever done i don't know if it was funny or not or if i was annoyed at the other player i'm not gonna lie but it was the first turn of a game of battlestar galactica and i was the president i always play the president right. and i think we're playing with the expansion where you can put somebody out of the airlock you can essentially kill a character right so this was a new new deal <laughs> yeah. and so it was the first round and everyone was kind of playing their characters and someone was basically saying out loud oh I'm the Cylon I'm the bad guy so I just put him straight in the airlock and I shoved him right out on the first turn and I killed him <laughs> and they were like what are you doing and I'm like he must have been the Cylon of course it turned out he wasn't and he was just trying to wind everybody up right, yeah. and I was like well it's your own fault yeah. you can't, don't pretend you're evil if you don't want to be killed but I got a real ruthless reputation after that but yeah like I think we all have those kinds of little stories don't we um, yeah. or, or people perceive you as a particular type of gamer because of the way you play Yes. So, you know, people always think I'm I'm like all in netty. So like if you're playing poker with me, I'll go all in if I think I can win. Yeah. And I do it in board games as well. So if you're bidding against me, I'll bid everything to make sure I win. I'm yeah. one of those players, yeah. so it's like yeah. all it's like all in. So yeah, I think you you get those kind of re- reputations when you those moments that people won't let you forget because you Definitely, you did something yeah. stupid or entertaining <laughs> once. <laughs> but yeah, those moments you never forget. That's a nice way to close the show, isn't it? I think so. That's a lovely sentence. So yeah, those were some of our best things about board games. We had a good lot of them, didn't we? I think uh, so. I think we covered loads of things. I mean, I'm mm. sure there's lots of other things that people can think of and there's still time, yes, you know, go on the website, tabletopinquisition.com, mm-hmm. look yes, up please. episode 20. It should be on the front yes. page unless you listen to this much later. And then just look at the <laughs> comments, go there and, and let us know what do you think? What is the best things about yes. board games for you? Or find us on Twitter oh, yes. and mm-hmm. various other places. So tabletopinquisition.com yep. gives you all the links and share yep. with us what you think is the best things or what are the best things and, about board games we'd love yeah, to know and do tell us what's your entertaining board game story that you remember or you tell everyone else what's your yes, story i love hearing cool. people's board game story what's your big one um so i would love <laughs> to hear from that in the comments that would be super cool as well um, so this has been an amazing 20th episode yes like look at us go 20 wow you know talking about the best things about board games yeah, yeah i know we're so old we're going to be able to vote soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more one more <laughs> <laughs> one more <laughs> exactly uh so yeah yeah, speaking of one more we'll have more episodes coming soon we don't think we're stopping anytime yet i don't think so i I think we have plans yeah we've got some thoughts we've got uh, another document with some thoughts that we will probably bring up never know we might do another interview at some point or something completely different there's so many Mm. things we can do yeah we said earlier the hobby (laughs) is so broad you can cover so many different things yes but yeah i'm amazed i mean i'm waiting on us to do a live episode (laughs) because we never got to do our live episode no that's true um, yeah uk games expo so maybe someday we'll do a live episode that, be and the I will thing. wear pants instead of pajamas. <laughs> we can't hide betwi- behind the editing. We have to do it live. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, yeah. that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but what I mean, just thinking back to back to episode one, though. I mean, there's been such a long time ago. It feels, as we said, episode one, and we know yeah. at episode twenty. Mm-hmm. So it's great that you guys have listened to us, or some of us maybe have joined us recently. Thank Please you. stay with us. You know, be be lovely mm-hmm. to also hear from you and and say what you know maybe you think was the best episode so far. We obviously love them all for different reasons, oh, but yes. yeah, share with us your mm-hmm. thoughts yes. if you've listened to them from the start. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear who's listening to us and, and what you like about them. Maybe there's even an episode you didn't like. Yeah. We'd be happy to have that as well, as long as it's yeah. constructive. <laughs> yeah. Do let us know. But exactly, it's, it's amazing. Exactly. 20 episodes. I can't, I can't believe we've mm-hmm. come this far. It's, it's great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks very much. <gasps> and it's all down to Antoinette. <laughs> Not really, though, to me. It wouldn't be here with Antoinette's fault. <laughs> we should celebrate with a board game. <laughs> yes, I think we should. It would be a good thing. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. This has been. Um, super fun as always and you'll find us again you know on the next episode yes where I'm sure we'll talk about something just as much fun definitely okay take care we'll see you then (laughs) bye bye take care bye bye bye